Welcome into the hop. Oh yeah, buddy. This is the hop with Gabe and Steven. I am Steven. That's Gabe. What's going on, everybody? How we doing, folks? We are back for another great round. Round 56. Five, six, and they just keep coming. They keep it just the weeks keep moving by somehow. Yeah. And uh, we're heading up to Brattleboro, Vermont this week for this one. If you're if you're into sours, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna stay tuned, get tuned, perk up. People. Yeah, we are we are changing things up just a little bit. We've been kind of on the IPA train for a while, so we wanted to try something new. So we are experimenting with a brewery that is well known for sours, Hermit Thrush out of Vermont. Awesome brewery. They have a bunch of stuff and we've got three of their beers today and uh yeah we're ready to really get into it and i'm very excited i you know sour because of this podcast is why i like sours now so i'm actually kind of pumped for this it's such a polarizing uh beer form but i think people more and more are gravitating towards it and yeah i agree my appreciation for it has has grown so uh there's some stuff today that i would never grab off the shelf myself so I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. I want to give a shout out to the new people. If this is your first time here, welcome to The Hop. My name is Steven. That's Gabe. We drink beer and we have fun here. And that's what we do. We're entertaining, hopefully. Welcome in. Grab, a, grab a chair, grab a drink, we are grab a buddy. a craft beer podcast with as little pretentiousness as humanly possible and as much well, fun as humanly possible. say it like that. <laughs> I try. Uh, just, you know, taking the the nerdy sort of thing out of craft beer i guess i don't know that's that's something our, like that so if that we like football so we love that, football <laughs> that plays into it uh if you are not already doing so you should follow the show you can find us on uh instagram and twitter we are at the ho podcast you can find us on facebook connect with us over there you can find us on youtube we are a video podcast if you did not get the memo uh our show is available to watch on YouTube. Some people have mentioned to me it's hard to find. We know that. We understand. And here's how here's the solution to that. Subscribe to the show. Click the bell. You'll get a notification every week when a new episode drops. And if a hundred of you do that, we can make the URL anything we want, anything you want. We've been saying it for a while now. We're open to suggestions. We're open to adding a Montana in there for some reason. So we'll we'll figure something out. Montana so yeah that help us help us solve that problem as a community of beer drinkers of people that listen to gabe and steven let's solve this problem together let's get us the youtube url we all want us to have please do and again following is the best way as steven mentioned is the best way uh to hear about and see new episodes youtube as well as spotify if you follow us the new one pops up Please, please follow us. Let us know what we need to drink next. Let us know if there's another company that's also known for sours. This isn't our last sour episode. I can tell you that much. So we're here for you. Send us an email. We're here for you guys. Yep. And with that, uh, we're going to kick things off the way we always do. Let's do some news. Beer news. All right. Uh, first up, Hill Farmstead, fellow brewery out of Vermont. Hill Farmstead is shutting down their production for the winter. Uh, this was their final week of operations this past week. They they announced this move on their Facebook page after the new year uh, on January 1st. Uh, 
And they said, as we enter 2021, Hill Farmstead Brewery will go into a short winter hibernation mode. Beginning mid-January, we will put to slumber both retail and production uh, until late March. You can expect that we will reopen our retail operations in early to mid-April. What I find interesting about it is is the way they framed it. Now, they didn't say it was COVID-related. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I mean, obviously, they had a, a rough year last year like like we all did, so definitely not the year they were expecting to have. But uh, they kind of are looking at this as a period of what they said, relaxation and repose for their uh, staff and their employees, as well as an opportunity for personal and professional development. So I'm kind of looking at it as like a sabbatical from beer production. Sabbatical, maybe they're adding stuff to the warehouse. Maybe they're adding an extension. Maybe their employees just needed to cash in that PTO. Exactly. Maybe they just need a break because, yeah, they they were supposed to be celebrating their 10th anniversary last year i think and then oh, wow. of course that didn't that didn't go as planned so they uh are gonna do a delayed one i think uh later this year but yeah hill farmstead is one of the most popular breweries in vermont i mean if people come from far and wide to visit hill farmstead they um are on you know best beer lists year after year after year uh definitely a popular option up there in a state that has incredible beer um, but they're going to be taking a brief uh, hibernation, so they are they are a slumbering until further notice. But we hope to see them soon. Uh, yeah, man, Vermont, they know what's up. Clearly, uh, what yep. we're drinking today. Moving right along in the news and notes, ABI wants you to cook with Eli Manning and Victor Cruz for the Super Bowl. Now, it had to I had to get that in there. It had obviously. to happen. For all you Giants fans, uh, I'm sure you'll really enjoy this. For If you're a fan of the team that's in their division, probably not. But I think there's something we can all agree on. Cooking and eating for the Super Bowl has to happen. Obviously, this year, Super Bowl's probably a little different in terms of party-wise. If you're just getting together with a few friends or just one friend or something like that. But ABI and Stella Artois partnering with Eli Manning and Victor Cruz, who were cooking this week to celebrate the Super Bowl, and they were demonstrating the different recipes that are now available in the Stella Stadium Bites. They are home meal kits, which are currently available through Blue Apron. You can go on the social media things for Stella and order them if you so desire. And I have to say... It looks and sounds amazing. Some of the meal kits include smoked gouda and chicken on focaccia with pancetta and hot honey. I mean, I'm already done. <laughs> Seared flank steak lettuce cups with pickled peppers and garlic dressing. Come on. Creamy pesto and spinach dip with toasted pita chips. Pork chorizo quesadillas with cilantro sour cream. Come on, man. Those quesadillas, How good does that sound? Those quesadillas, though. Ah, it just looks so cool. And, you know, this is a kit that you can get for the Super Bowl. Send it in the mail. You cook it. There's instructions in a little video, I think, of Victor Cruz and Eli Manning cooking (laughs) together, which is hilarious to me. And Uh, as a gift with the purchase, Stella is going to throw in four of their chalices that will ship separately so you can sip on some beer while you're cooking for the Super Bowl. I think that's one of the uh, biggest accomplishments Eli Manning's ever had on the field over there at MetLife Stadium. 
Uh, yes, I would like to report shots have been fired on the hot podcast. <laughs> shots have been fired. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving on. Molson Coors is launching a CBD seltzer this week. Uh, they're launching something called Very Well. It's a non-alcoholic CBD beverage. Um, it's a seltzer, and this is Molson Coors. They're trying to diversify their portfolio outside of the uh, the beer aisle. So obviously, this is just going to be in Colorado. Mary Juana and CBD and things of that nature are not yet legal on the federal level, but um, they're going to see how it goes and and maybe positioning themselves to uh, be in a good spot to open if things open up in that way. Uh, so it's a zero sugar flavored sparkling water that includes 20 milligrams of hemp derived CBD per 12 ounce can. And there are three variations of this. There's the uh, focus which has grapefruit and tarragon flavoring with ginseng and guarana. There's the mind and body option, which has, uh, which is strawberry and hibiscus flavored. And here we go. It's got uh, ashwagandha and elderberry. I know what elderberry is. Wow. And then there's the unwind, which is blueberry and lavender flavored with ashwagandha and L-theanine. So ashwagandha definitely sounds like a, <laughs> Uh, 420 related product. <laughs> if you know what those things are, what they do for your body, yeah, good for you. Uh, and if you're in Colorado, those things are available. I think they launched last week, so I think they're or maybe later this month. But they're um they're they're going to be hitting shelves, so you can go grab some Molson Coors CBD beverages and get get that ashwagandha in your body. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's very interesting because I know CBD is uh I, I won't say recently because I feel like for a while it's been pretty popular but i mean even coffee shops here in the city and you know you go into a coffee shop and for an extra dollar they put a little cbd in the coffee and it's just you know i just a normal a regular just relaxer and just kind of a chill thing so interesting i'm into that yeah i'd, I'd give it a shot i'll try anything once maybe there's corn syrup in it. how could Stay be, thirsty, how my could friends. Be, it's molson cores i had to you know, I had to do it. Hey, you don't have to explain nothing to me. <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, I'm just here for the beer. All right. Hermit Thrush. <laughs> Hermit Thrush. Guys, for the toast this week, uh, we're recording on Monday, so we are recording on Martin Luther King Day, and I'm going to hit you with a toast, which is basically just a couple inspirational quotes from Mr. Nice. Martin Luther King Jr. Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his job so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could do it no better. You will change your mind, you will change your looks, you will change your smile, laugh, and ways, but no matter what you change, you will always be you. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we're less prone to hate our enemies. And uh, wanted to close it out with the one quote that I found particularly poignant in this particular period of time. We will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So. Amen. That's well uh, something worth worth raising a drink to to me and uh, absolutely absolutely um as steven said you know we're recording this on monday so that's you know perfect and perfect for him today yeah it was uh interesting reading those quotes just sort of like 
It's like, yeah, this this is exactly what I needed to read right now, given everything. Yeah. You know, so uh so I I uh I give you with that. Let's uh let's grab a drink. So we have a shared beer experience. To it's party time. We, we never get to share beers when we're apart. So this is exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The first one is, is the, what is it? The party guy. Kettle sour. Hey, hey you party guy. Hey. You party guy. Get over here. It's a three percenter. Now, what was that? What was the percentage on that beer you had last week? Wasn't it three point something? Three point five i believe yeah so this is 3.0 this now this has the new is the new record holder for yep, the least definitely. alcohol we've ever had on the show next week it'll be well, it'll be oh duels <laughs> yeah next week it'll be 0. Yeah. 0.0 but yeah this is definitely one of their lesser a- abv beers but from what we've heard about and talked with other people about, it is one of their more flavorful flavorful and popular ones. So we were pretty excited about grabbing this one. And uh here we are. Yeah. So I'm it's excited. 3%. It's uh on the uh it's got 87 on Beer Advocate and 3.77 on Untapped. On the SRM chart, it is a brownish red. It kind of looks like iced tea, if I'm being honest. Uh, it honestly does. Very. Yeah. It's uh, not hazy, but definitely cloudy. Yeah, I mean, you can't, can't see really through see it. through it. Uh, and I would put it, I guess, 25, 6, 7-ish on the SRM chart, if I'm looking at that. Uh, but yeah, it looks like iced tea. It did not pour with much head at all uh, in this yeah. particular glass, which may just be the glass I have. Um, so... Nothing to Even speak with of mine, there. Like I've got, you know, I've got like the tiniest of rings around the glass, but yeah, not a lot of head retention. Um, I can tell you just from taking a small whiff, this doesn't smell like iced tea. This smells like a fruity, flavorful sour. It's got a little bit of tartness, not too much. You know, with sour, you don't want a lot of it. A lot of people really like it, and the more the better. But you don't want so much that you, you know, you don't want to pucker. So. But this this smells like real real flavor. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, definitely definitely tart. That comes through on the nose. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna mistake this for something else. You uh, smell it, and all of the uh, tartness, all of the yeastiness comes up, and then fruit, just like you said, fruit, apple, uh, lemon, and lime. Maybe some cranberry, maybe some spiciness in there. I was just about to say, it's got a little bit of that yeasty esters to it. Yeah. Like those spices are really prominent here. Wow. Yeah, spice and fruit. I don't get a lot of of malt or anything like that. Now, this uh, beer, it's soured with native lactobacilli. And I I feel like just as as an overarching theme, we should just point out that Hermit Thrush is very big on local ingredients local yes uh local it's the local terroir and that's the thing about sour beers is like it's kind of like sour bread like how they say you can only make a san francisco sour bread in san francisco Mm -hmm. because of the terroir in the area totally Um, they believe that like a vermont sour is specific to vermont because of the 
things that are in the air where their brewery is. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really just love everything about this beer. Uh, the description from the brewery says this 3% crusher is lemony with notes of strawberry and is brewed using the century old party guile method in which two brews are drawn from a single mash. Now, because Party Guy is the subsequent wart runnings of a higher ABV beer, which is the barley wine Jolly Abbott, it packs a stunningly large amount of flavor and mouthfeel, passing through twice as much flavorful grain than would a typical 3% beer. And then, as Stephen said, souring the beer with native lactobacilli, which gives it a lot of fruitiness. Man, would I love to try that barley wine. Yeah, I was just about to say it. We kind of are in a way, not really, but we kind of are in a way. We're getting the flavor, but Um, we're not getting the buzz. (laughs) We're not getting the buzz from it, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a really interesting style. And this is the first time I've ever heard of a style like this, uh, you know, wart coming from one going to the other. I never knew anything about that. So it's pretty awesome. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they call it Party Guy, Party Guile. Uh, Probably. Style. Yeah, I mean, and this is one, like you said, it's... it's, uh, it's pretty popular. I mean, it's it's not the first time it's been in my house. It is the first time it's been in my mouth, but it's not the first time it's been in my house. <laughs> um, and it's uh, been around for for a number of years. They keep they keep making it, which means people must keep drinking it. So here we go. Okay, so I am puckering a little bit. Wow, I didn't think I would be. I thought it would be more flavor and less sour, but I don't think it compromises on flavor at all. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting a lot of flavor, a lot of those notes, very similar to the to the nose. There's the fruitiness, you know, like green apple type of vibe, if you will. Um, it's it's very it's very tart. It's very tart. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, definitely uh, a kettle sour. I mean, this is this is the thing. Like, when you have a beer that's kettle soured like this, meaning it's soured with you know an agent like native lactobacilli in the mash uh, for a faster souring process than like putting it in a cool ship or a feeder or something like that, it does tend to like bump up that tartness by a lot to the point where it's like it is a little like the first sip of it because it's not what you've been doing all day is a little bit like putting your mouth on a lemon like it's 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 like (laughs) oh baby Um, but that shouldn't scare you as a drinker no you know that shouldn't make you go oh then no not for me because i have to say i just took my third sip and it's a less and less tart once your mouth gets used to it you're able to get more of the flavor you're able to experience it more yeah and so i mean i i really like this it's you know sour beers are not for everyone and we know that and it's just a fact of life but it's funny i was watching an episode of shark tank recently big shark tank fans by the way um but I was watching this episode, and if you don't know anything about Shark Tank, businesses come on and pitch their business ideas to these these investors, and they're pretty astute as to trends in different industries, whatever's going on. But it was an episode from a few years ago. Like, I mean, I, I want to say it was like five, six years ago, and this brewery from Wisconsin or something or Michigan or somewhere came on, and it was literally, I mean, the concept was, like, it was a brewery. I mean, yeah. it was a little crowdsourced. Like, there was something weird to it, but it was a brewery. 
uh, and one of the beers they had was a sour. And I, when I tell you that at least two or three of those sharks stood up, spat it out in the back, like they were like, oh, they just like couldn't handle it. And it was yeah. like, it was just a moment for me where I was like, wow, like this is not that long ago. And you don't know anything about beer at all. I was just about to say, yeah, they because they don't they don't get it. Whereas if you or I were sitting there, we'd be like, I'm going to make you an offer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you get it. Yeah, because it's a lot of people, though, are like that. And and also, you know, reading these reviews on on Beer Advocate, which we do as part of our, our research and whatnot, you can see a, a strong polarization. There are there are sour beer fans. There are people who are like not into sour beer, but they understand it's a thing. And then there are people who are like, this is gross. Like, this is this is disgusting. It tastes bad. It tastes wrong. It tastes off. And I don't like it. But yeah, I mean, it tastes weird. It tastes different. But it's not, you know, it, it's not like it's turned or flat or gross. I mean, gross, depending on who you ask. But I mean, it's a, it's a legit solid beer that when you drink it, you may not like it, but it's not going to make you sick. No, not at all. And it's uh, it's just a very different drinking experience than I think you're used to, especially if you're used to lagers or even something with more bite like an IPA. This has a lot of flavor going on. Like you said, I get um, obviously up front all of that tartness hits and then you get the typical green apple, which I think follows the nose pretty well. Yeah. Um, or typical fruit, you know, green apple being one of them. Lemon, uh, again, some cranberry, I think for sure is in there. I'm going to throw in cherry as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit. All those tart things. There is a little bit of like an earthiness to it too. As it, as your mouth gets used to it, like it kind of opens up into something a little bit more. You can taste the malt. You can taste, taste the biscuit. You can taste the earthiness. Um, It's very carbonated. Highly carbonated. It's, yeah. Um, I'm getting a lot of the spice again. I, I got a lot of it on the nose, but I think it's one of those, like we we keep saying, it's one of those drinks where you have to take a couple sips to really understand it and appreciate it and to get all those flavors like you just said. I would 100% agree with all that. I'm getting a lot more green apple than I thought I would, to be honest with you. I think I we read it somewhere, but it's really, really prominent here. It's just kind of where my mind goes to. But yeah, that, that spiciness, that that earthiness, those esters, the yeast, it's really obvious here. And it's for me, it's in the back end, but I can definitely taste it. Yeah. And some, like I said, some biscuits, some crackers, some a little bit of like tobacco or like some earthy spiciness, I think is definitely there in the back end once you get past the fruit. Uh, I think... I absolutely agree that this is surprisingly flavorful for 3%. I mean, this is yeah, crushable. If you need a th if you only want a 3% beer, this may be what you're looking for. If you're like us, you want quote unquote it doesn't have a bite, but it's it doesn't taste like 3%. It tastes like it could be more and it's got a lot of those features and it is you know, I mean, if it is crushable, if you drink a few of these, you might be feeling some type of way. So more than I, a few. Yeah, I. If you drink five or six, you might feel a little buzz. Who no, knows? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's uh, it is. It doesn't compromise on flavor at all. Versus, you know, uh, a, a typical light beer like a light lager, which might be lighter in alcohol and definitely lighter in calories, is also going to be lighter in flavor. This is is not. I mean, you could sit there and sip on this and uh, have yourself a jolly old time. 
like their Jolly Abbott, which is the barley wine. The Jolly Abbott, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kettle soured session ale. That's how it is described. And so, I mean, they hit that right on the head. First of all, the can glows that golden. I love their can art. Incredible. Yeah. Their cans. Their cans, this one and the other one I have, it's just bright, bright colors. And again, another one kind of hard to miss, uh, especially if you're into the sours. And yeah, for only 3%, it's surprising. It's different. It's a sour that is beloved by many uh, sour fans. And I mean, for a brewery that does mostly sours, if not all Exclusively sours. Exclusively I mean, sours. So yeah. yeah, this is a brewery that... Um, they are exclusively sours. Like we said, they're in Brattleboro, Vermont, and they have been fermenting since 2014 with only wild Brattleboro mixed culture yeast. Uh, and they are, you know, in, working in the Belgian tradition and continuing to push the boundaries of sour beer. Uh, it was founded by Chris Gagne and Avery Schwenk. I love that name. Schwenk. Uh, in a and and now they're operating out of a space that used to be a Chrysler dealership, and it's honestly pretty nondescript. This is it behind me. Uh, I, yeah, as you it's can actually see. pretty cool. When I read up about that, uh, it was a Chrysler dealership in the 1950s, and then the wood panels that are along the walls were salvaged from a local barn in the area by Chris Gagne and one of his builders. Yeah, right there, right behind this Steven, wood, so. right here. <laughs> That the that that specific piece of wood came from a specific tree. No, uh, but it's, uh, but yeah, when you look at it from the outside, it's like on this street, like that's like a hill, mm-hmm. and it's just sort of a storefront in the middle. Like it doesn't, it's not one of those breweries. Like we pull up to breweries all the time. We do it for a living, and uh, y- you typically find yourself driving into some industrial park in the back, yeah. you know, where there's you know just medical offices, and you're like, what, like where where did we make a wrong turn? <laughs> and then you turn the corner and you see the towering kettle and you're like, ah, we're home. But breweries for me are always like you just said, they're they're always okay, turn left, and you're kind of like, what is this building? This is it. And then you go inside and you go, Oh, here we are. And it mm. always but yeah, there I always love how it doesn't, you know, there's no obviously they'll have their sign, but there's no sign outside that says brewery. This is the brewery. It's always just this random building or industrial park that you pull up to and you go huh well they have beer in there so why not they got the space but see this one is is different and they do have a uh different space too they started working out of a uh uh off-site space that's i think like 10 minutes away from their actual like tap room area um so that's where they do because you know they like a lot of breweries outgrew their initial space but they say they source a whole lot of their if not all of their uh, grains hops barrels and fruits from farms located within 40 miles of the brewery um to further support our taste quote of place and that goes back to what i was saying before hill farmstead could only be made in vermont these beers are specifically vermont um this is a type of sour this is a type of bacteria and i say that in a good way that you can only find in Vermont, and that makes it uh, specifically local beer um, in a way that I don't think IPAs and other types of beers really are. We have talked before uh, with people about hop terroir and 
you know, how the same hop being grown in different places can affect the taste of beer. I do think that is a really valid and interesting area of study. But it's really clear when you come to like sours like this, live cultures like sourdough or like sour beers, how an area and environment affects the flavor of the finished product. It's a science experiment. It really is. It's it's a science experiment that people got together and made and they put it in a can and here we are drinking it. You know, uh, the, the way they started this brewery, Gagney, Chris Gagney, like any other brewer, was a home brewer. But when he was in Quebec, Canada, or Quebec, I don't know how to say it. Uh, he was messing around with wild yeast and with sours. He wasn't homebrewing the normal stuff. He wanted to really push the envelope, and so he was experimenting with sours. He eventually reconnected with Schwank, and they moved back to the States and just knocked it out. So it, it really it's, – it's exactly what you said. It's all based on the area, and you know this just screams Vermont sour. That is such a ballsy move to like be a homebrewer, and you're like, no, you know what, damn it? I'm, I'm brewing sours. Like – Bro, you know what you're doing? Cause no, that's uh, that's like I want to know what the trials were like. That's like taking your first swim in like the ocean during a storm. Yeah, it's like you're learning. Like, All right, time to take yeah. the floaties off. Like what? Wait, we we haven't even we haven't done the pool I, thing. I I don't give me. I need a paddle. I need the wave help. thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but he he pulled it off, and and here we are. Um, and they do a lot of their kettle brews are done in in stainless steel fermenters obviously uh but the largest selection of their beers of which there is an amazing selection and we'll get into that um the largest selection reside within their barrel aging program which includes small wine and spirit barrels to the enormous feeders uh and then they can age on average for eight months but it could be more it could be less yeah they they really uh do a lot especially with the barrel programs. Um, And another thing that's really cool is the name Hermit Thrush. It's the Vermont State Bird. Hermit Thrush. thrush. Hermit Thrush, I was going to say this earlier. It sounds like... It sounds like the name of like a badass like dodgeball team. No, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a move in Mortal Kombat. That's honestly what it sounds like. Hermit Thrush. Finish him. Yeah. It honestly does. It It sounds really cool. And what's so funny is it's got this like badass name and it's just like this little little bird to represent. But uh, yeah, it is the Vermont State Bird. It it but it's it's a lot more than that. Schwank says that the Hermit Thrushes have a unique double voice box that allows them to weave complex songs. One voice box maintains the structure of the melody while the other sings the chords. And he was saying how that's perfect metaphor for a brewery, for the complex flavors mm. born of the house and the way the fermentation profiles mix, mix with the distinct expressions and the locally grown ingredients. And I just thought that was the most badass thing ever. I thought, wow, that's that does kind of make a lot of sense. So Hermit Thrush. Hermit Thrush. Finish it. We got to get the See, we need a drop of that. <laughs> uh, they're also really big into sustainability. This makes sense. Uh, definitely with Vermont. If you have spent any time in Vermont, um, this certainly checks. But they're a member brewery of the Green Brewery cohort, and they are committed to at least a 5% reduction of energy use in 2020, or they were. So no word yet on how that went, but that's what they were <laughs> aiming at. Um. So some of the things they're doing, they've got sustainable lighting, 
including LEDs and motion sensors. They have an on-staff sustainability coordinator. They have somebody whose whole job there is to just make sure things are sustainable all the time. Sounds like a perfect job. And uh, one of the most impressive things, honestly, is that their brewery is fueled by wood rather than fossil fuels. They have a wood pellet boiler system. So they have these little wood pellets, which yep. uh, I use in my smoker, um, but that's how they power their whole brewery. Uh, and they're also working yeah, on optimizing... Yeah, if you look online, you can see a picture of somebody just like holding a bunch yeah. of... Yeah, it looks like hot pellets, and but I, it's wood and it's power. It, it really does. Yeah, it looks like hot pellets, but they're just like the little pieces of wood. But yeah, yeah. The, the reason I knew about those was from smoking the meat with you and the smoker. And I thought, oh, wow, this is just like... This is just like 4th of yeah, July. Yeah, remember, not good for meat smoking. No, go with real wood if you if you can. Well, Great for brewery. Yeah, this is a mess, but we figured it out. <laughs> uh, they're also working on optimizing their chiller usage, which I think is pretty cool. It's kind of a, a big step. Um, and basically, they want the chiller to only run when they need it to run, which is something you don't hear about a lot when you talk about sustainability. It's something I don't think about a lot. And it also mm-hmm. is way more complicated than it sounds. Um, but that's that's yeah, what they're working on. Well, I mean, also with the amount of energy it may, it takes to make a beer, I feel like it makes sense too. It's like, all right, we're not using it, turn it off. You know, it's yeah. like lights in your house. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally makes sense. It's just something you don't think like when you think about sustainability, you think about lighting, you think about how is the brewery getting energy, power, all that mm-hmm. stuff. I wouldn't think as quickly of like, oh, can we shut the chiller off? Because like the beers are cold <laughs> enough. But that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's good that you know they have that sustainability effect, especially because of Vermont. You know, lots of woods, lots of trees, lots of people going green in Vermont. They need to go green. Save, save the trees. Vermont is. Yeah, it it definitely makes sense. With I mean, if you if you drive into Vermont from from Connecticut or Massachusetts, I guess because you go, the first thing you come across is like a rest stop there. And if you visit this rest stop, it will tell you everything you need to know about the state of Vermont for like, it's just the most elaborate wood. It looks like a cot. I mean, it's just, you know, like a cabin, sustainable trails everywhere. And it's like, oh, we're not in New York anymore. Toto, we are, (laughs) we are in the country and we're in Vermont and that we're in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like every time I go to Vermont, I feel like people are looking at me weirdly because I'm not wearing flannel. (laughs) Does that resonate yeah, with I, anyone else? Yeah, I can't. I, I, there's a look. I, I show up in like a jacket and jeans and they're like, oh, there's city a look boy. and it includes a lot of hair, especially on the yeah. face and a lot of flannel. A lot of flannel, a lot of good beers, though. Yeah, but great. Right, beer. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Let's uh, let's give some final thoughts on this on this here. Party guy. And, and my mine is embarrassing. I think I'm feeling a little bit of a buzz. <laughs> Nice. There we go. I don't know if that's I mean, true or not. I just I haven't eaten a lot as usual when we record these episodes. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling a lot of buzz. I'm definitely I like feel better than know, I did before. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You know, I'm not you know wasted, but yeah, I'm feeling a little something something. Um, I I really like it. I I I was very surprised at how tart it was. I will admit, I thought it was going to be a little less just based off of the description and maybe I read too much into the ABV and thought, Oh, 3% it's going to be kind of low key, but it's not, it, it, it really does 
make a difference when they say, you know, what we lack in ABV, we make up for in flavor and profile and this and that. It really, really does. So if you're a fan of sours, if you're a fan of, I just want something light, I mean, this is kind of pretty perfect. I agree. I think this this is surprising uh, and it's got a lot of flavor. And if you're just looking to get shit faced, uh, this isn't going to get the job done. But you're going to need the whole six pack. If you're gonna get but for pretty much any other scenario, especially summer sipping, sitting by the pool, sitting on the beach, uh, family gatherings, picnics. I mean, anything of that nature. Yeah. This will will work. You'll be able to crush it for a while. Uh, still have a conversation with your family. Um, and <laughs> I don't know if I personally would want more than like two in a night, but that's not because of the beer. That's just because of my preference for sours. I like, you know, if I'm going to have a sour, it's maybe like one. If I'm feeling crazy, maybe two. And then I'll switch to something it's else. It's a lot but, of I mean, flavor and a lot of acidity. And so yeah. if you're somebody who that it's kind of like eating a lot of tomato sauce or something. It's like when I like... I don't have acid reflux or anything, but like when I eat something that's too acidic and I have too much of it, it can just kind of wear you out. So I, I yeah, agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's very strong on the palate. Yeah. It, it really is. I wonder if, do sours go good with food? I want to say no. I mean, if I was going to have sours with food, I'd rather have like a table beer, like something that's super low in alcohol and also yeah. not necessarily kettle soured like maybe something that's just sort of like way less in a city because this this will blow whatever you're eating sort of out of the yeah. water yeah i i would agree with that that's yeah so that's maybe me. before or after dinner i don't yeah. know yeah. for us it's at it's before dinner because that's just how we roll because that's how we do our job uh but we have we have because <laughs> we're of these. professionals <laughs> work before play <laughs> Right, right before play. Let's go get to, yeah. uh, let's do round two, shall we? Beer number two. Can't wait. Super pumped. Super excited. Here we go. I have the, where the hell is it? Here it is. I've got the Cassis. It's a fooder aged sour ale with local black insurance. Let me stop you right there. Let's get this out of the way. Feeder. Oh, did I say fooder? Feeder. Yes. Yeah, we did Damn that it. last I, we did that I last week, and I was too. like, oh, no, it's feeder. I, 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 <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. It's feeder. I said fooder. Yeah, I wrote it down wrong. We did that I'm last week, and we got just like so many tweets and comments about it. Just, uh, I, just so, my inbox has been blowing up. We're sorry. We're sorry. We've been drinking, and we don't eat. <laughs> feeder aged sour ale <laughs> with local yeah. black currants. This is what it looked like. It golden sheet. It looks dope. Here we go. It is 5.7%. No IBUs to speak of. On the SRM chart, we're looking at uh, not iced tea coloring. This is more of a dark orange. Very hazy and cloudy, I would say. Nice head retention, about an centimeter thick head. Beer Advocate gave it a 90. Untapped gave it a 4.06. Bang! Exclamation point. So someone really likes this beer. I'm super pumped about it. I was, when I was in the beer shop, I found the party guy and this, I figured had to do it. The note from the brewery, it is a sour golden ale aged in oak feeder for 12 months 
with high goose farm black currants. And I did a little research because I didn't know what currants were. Currants are dried Corinth grapes that are more or less just small raisins. True currants are small berries that grow on shrubs and are more is? like gooseberries. You didn't know what a currant is? I did not. No. Aww. I read that. I read that and I said, I mean, it looks good. I'll figure it out later. So here we are. Uh, light but funky Brett profile to support the fruit is one of the other notes from the brewery. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, this is a current is like a is like a dark fruit. I mean, I think of a, a a grape or a cherry, but more like a raisin. It is dried out yeah. and dark, so it's the kind of fruit that I mean, I'm, uh, the color of the can is almost what I expected the color of the beer to be that like deep ruby purple. Um, so we'll see how much you get. Yeah, that exactly. Wrong. <laughs> Incorrect. Yeah. Um. Yo, it's it smells very funky and tart very fruity you know the, the just the straightforward and the straightforward description of sours that's just kind of how it is um it's a little hard to smell because i filled it up all the way to the top so well let's just get into it why not darker fruit than on the last one mayhaps or no oh he's puckering again oh it's so it was an exaggeration <laughs> But this is interesting because it's sour in a different way, obviously, but it's sour in another way than the party guy. The party guy was sour and flavorful, and this is two, but I feel like this one has a little more flavor than tartness, funkiness. Mm -hmm. The tartness and funkiness is definitely there. It's very, very strong. It will kind of hit you over the head but in a good way but yeah it's it's got that like blackberry woody cherry type of taste and smell to it and based off of the color i didn't think i'd get that mm -hmm. but i 100 am it's very very different it's very very good it's light and pillowy but very sour at the same time but here we go, right? Because, I mean, this is, you know, we're comparing it to the one we just had, which was kettle soured. And as I said, that's when you do sort of a quick sour in the mash. It's not aged. The beer you're drinking now has been aging in a feeder. Uh, so feeder. I hope For I'm saying months. that right. Wouldn't it be hilarious if I was wrong and you were right and I just completely called you out? Food I'm pretty sure feeder. it's a feeder. I'm pretty sure I, it's a feeder. I think, I think it is feeder, too. How hilarious is it going to be if we're wrong? But, I mean, we'll just own it and keep giant going. Giant wooden thing. Yeah. Big it's like an oak barrel. Thing. The oak barrel's father, if you will. Yes. But, yeah, fruity, tartness. It, it is light-bodied. It is light-carbonated. But it's weird. I, I, I almost don't know how to describe how it's different from the first sour we drank, other than the fact the only thing I can really say is first one was – tart and flavor and this one's a little bit like this well that makes sense and i think that that is a good description and also i'll add something to that 5.7 percent that's a big difference that as well yes that that ought to do it <laughs> and uh this to me is more of a like i want to have like a sophisticated conversation with someone like i want to have a cigar mm, and i want to yes. just like talk about life 
that can be arranged. <laughs> Let's go right now. So when we can I was have younger, another podcast, no, our side podcast, Welcome where to we our, talk our sophisticated podcast. We talk about beer. We talk about life, and sometimes we talk about the cats movie if we're feeling <laughs> up to it. Yeah, no, that's I, a whole third podcast. <laughs> that's something else. I'm going to break it down frame by frame over years. We need a list. <laughs> we just need a list. Uh, I, I really like this. I, I, it's, it's very refreshing. It's very different. It's strong. Uh, you know, five point seven for I feel like for us isn't really anything, but I think. I would. I don't know if I'd be able to drink more than one of these in a night, to be honest with you. Because of the acidity or the ABV? Because of the acidity. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. ABV is fine. But it tastes a little more than 5.7. It's in the 6 range for me. Mm-hmm. But it's very, very flavorful. It's very, very... Just, it, it doesn't skimp on anything. And, you know, it's... It's it's carbonated, but it is very smooth going down, and the back end is where you really that lingering bitterness and the linger not bitterness but the lingering tartness and the blackberry is mm, really yeah. in the back end, and it really just kind of pulls it all together. Overall, man, I don't really go for sours, but I think if I saw this on tap, I'd be like, pour me one of those. So between the two. I mean, I got to go with this. I got to go with Cassis. It's just overall, I'm going to be bold and just say it. It's just better. The party guy was good, but this is just better. It really is. It's This is the party guys, you know, just a step above. And and maybe it's because it was aged and maybe because of the currents, currents, but. um, Put it in a barrel. Always. Put it in a barrel and then put it in our mouths. That's the tagline of the hop. The hop with Gabe and Steven. Put it in a Put barrel. Put it in a barrel. All right. So also the tagline for our podcast is trial and error. Well, we have a lot of taglines. Um, <laughs> we we'll we'll just keep we'll add them to the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna move on to my second one if you don't mind, and it's the floor is yours. Gin barrel saison. Wow. So, as we go into this, I want you to keep in mind that the base is a Saison. Think of Saison, Belgian, all those things. Now imagine it being aged in gin barrels. That's what we're getting into. I don't know what to expect, but I am excited. It has an ABV of 6.5%. It has a 91 on Beer Advocate, and Untapped has it at 4.01. From the brewery, this is a sour golden saison aged in Bar Hill Tomcat Gin barrels. Tomcat Gin uses juniper as its sole botanical, is back sweetened with estate honey, and ages in new American oak. We wanted to let the flavors of this amazing gin shine, so we age a pale base for 8 to 12 months and use our house mixed culture to ferment. The fruitness of our yeast complements the floral honey nuances and vanilla character from toasted new oak to create an utterly complex and unique beer. Can I just say how I love how specific that was? And I just love the description overall about the barrels and about everything. Like, way to go. That's great. That sounds awesome. It sounds incredible. And, you know, eight to 12 months. Hell yeah. 
this I, I I'm already excited for this one. If I'm being honest, this is going to be complex. All of what they said, I, I really love. Now, Jin, Jin uses uh, can use a variety of botanicals, and most Jin uh, makers are pretty cryptic about the botanical blends that they use and different things like that. Um, but juniper is a, a a big one for a lot of gin makers, and they said that Tomcat Gin uses juniper as its sole botanical but then his back sweetened with honey. So that's a unique process. Mm. Uh, and, and we'll see if I, if I get that off the beer, it's soured with Brattleboro wild mixed culture. I'm drinking it out of a tea glass. Now the head was, uh, a few, f- a few fingers thick. I mean, it was, it was, it was up there, um, mm. had pretty decent retention. It has now receded into this ring around the glass, as you can see on the YouTube's, it is lighter than the previous one. Doesn't look like I see it's more orangey. It's even uh, more orange than it is on that camera there. It kind of looks like mine almost. It does kind of look like yours. And that on the yeah. SRM chart, I have it at a uh, 15, 16 in that mm. range. It's the smell, the nose, like right off the front. I don't get um, tart sour first. I get the gin. I get the the juniper mm absolutely comes through there's a cleanness there's sort of a think about gin like there's a a, um i almost want to say mentholiness or there's like a something very herbal herbaceous to it to Mm -hmm. gin itself and and that comes across i mean you get hit with this um the, the the fruit that you would expect the green apple the grapes but there's a clean earthy herbal quality in there you did you say floral as well I didn't, but yes, uh, that is oh. in there. So, thank you. You want to do the rest of it for me? I'm not drinking it, so no. <laughs> um, and the tart sourness is there on the nose. Uh, the first hit is is something cleaner than that, maybe just because of what I've been drinking. But then, as you smell it more, you go, oh, yeah, there's the acidity, the tartness, mm-hmm. the yeast esters, all those things are definitely in there. I get some lemon. I get some Brett character as well. But I'm mostly excited about that juniper smell, the herbal smell, and the florality, Gabe. You're welcome. What's really awesome about these types of offerings from Hermit Thrush is they have, you know, they have the gin barrel saison that Steven's drinking, but they also have like a whiskey rye version that they have. They have all types of things like this and... It's kind of, you know, what we've seen before, inspired, if you will, by another liquor to to make the beer. And to do it in a sour is that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the science experiment. I mean, that is just science in a can. So I'm interested to hear about this and also interested to hear about or to get their other offerings that have, you know, I like I said, I saw that one. It was like rye whiskey or inspired rye whiskey version. Okay, so shoe buddy. Here's the thing. Holy crap, there's a lot going on in here. There's just oh, a lot man. of flavor. The uh fruitiness is the first thing that hits you because the sweeter taste buds are up front. You do get some lemon, some green apple, you get the tartness for sure. But it's 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 deeply herbaceous. I get some mint, I get some basil, I get uh juniper berries for sure. There's just a gin character that opens up in the back of your mouth and it's like mingling with 
the lemon and then it, it kind of dances back and forth. Um, as you swallow it, uh, the sort of finish is oaky, um, with a little bit of sweet character that I would characterize as vanilla, but it's, it's that Oak barrel thing. Um, the gin just did something, something special to this. And it happens as you swallow it. It's like really in the back yeah. end. That's where you get all of that herbal stuff. Um, and also like the the deeper lime, the more bitter notes, the more subtle notes are in the back. Um, so it's it, it, in the mouth, it's very acidic. It's very bold. It's highly carbonated again. Um, it's not compromising on any of those things. I, I I feel like this is like if you took the base of the one we had first and then like leveled it up. And then leveled yeah. it. This is Blastoise. That was Squirtle. This is like... Oh, my man. You just made like, me so happy. I always went for the water Pokemon. That was, that was my that, thing. That's that's what I did. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's just complex and different and surprising and unbelievable. Um, very sour, but just, just taking it to new levels and places I mm-hmm. didn't expect. This is what I was excited about with Hermit Thrush. This yeah. is a sour you're not going to get anywhere else. This is this is something else. Um, I feel like we both kind of had the same experience. Like the party guy was like, yeah, it's sour, it's flavorful, it's good. And then when we ventured off, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. The party guy, I, I did not like the party guy, but the party guy is just, I, I the party guy is, is a secondary beer and the first one is the barley wine. I want the barley wine. I don't want the second one. Yeah. I want the first one. So... I think it's safe to assume that out of the two, you're picking. Oh yes, oh yes, yes, yes. Guy. We yes. get it. It's totally. very good. And the saison, uh, you know, I, I just want to come back to that. That first and foremost, this is a saison. It's a golden saison. That's what it looks like in the glass, and that base is there, and so that spicy character is definitely present in the beer as well, along with the gin and all that other stuff I mentioned. They currently have this beer, this exact beer, the gin barrel saison, in a ginger version. So there's ginger added to it Ooh. as well. To just add something else to just blow you out of the water. Um, and they've done other variations on it. They had released one that was aged for 24 months as opposed to this one, 8 to 12. Um, so that's, you know, something different. But th- but this is just something new. I mean, you don't see a lot of beers aged in gin barrels. And so... Yeah, that's, that's definitely something different. Now, uh, Hermit Thrush Brewing... We can only scratch the surface, unfortunately, but they have just so much to offer. And the the thing that makes them special to me is that, yes, they have all the sours that you would expect, but they have a whole lot of sours that you would never think. I mean, they did a Black is Beautiful. That was sour. It was a sour, yep. It was a soured Imperial Stout. Uh, So they have your your cuvées, your table beers, your saisons, you know, different things like that. But they have so much more to offer than that. Um, it's, it's really sour barrel aged pumpkin beer, sour brown ale, sour single hop pale ale. I mean, they don't, they take what normal, what other breweries do normally and they just sour it. You know what I mean? But they do it, they give it their own spin, which is amazing. Like we mentioned barley wines, uh, Belgian quad, uh, amber ale with rye, single hop sour pale ale. I mean, the list goes on and on sour ale with cider. Aged on raspberries. I found huh. one online 
Hermit Thrush Rowdy Monk Barrel Age Sour Quadruple, 14.5%. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yay. What are we doing here? We should have just gotten one of those. We, yeah, honestly, that could have been the whole episode. Oh, my God. Just us. No idea. Just fawning just over hammered. that beer for, <laughs> oh my God. for an hour. Uh, we have to move on, but if you can make your way to Hermit Thrush uh, in Vermont, or if you can get your hands on their beers, obviously they distribute to New York and Connecticut and other places outside. <sighs> they are also shipping if you're in Vermont and not near the brewery. They ship to the entire state. They have uh, beers beyond anything you could ever imagine. So if you're into sour beers, this is one for you. Hermit yes. Thrush Brewing. Hermit Thrush. Hermit Thrush. Finish him. It's incredible. Yes, you got to get your hands on this. So now, we have to get going, but before we do, we like to end on a fun topic, and I am going to... I'm going to let Steven take the reins of this one, and you'll see why. But Steven, uh, what's our fun topic today? Our fun topic has to do with the Green Bay (laughs) Packers. If you're watching on YouTube, my green screen really doesn't like the color of this hat, but... That is hilarious. Uh, But yes, we're talking about, well, specifically Aaron Rodgers. So the Packers, first of all, we didn't know if we were going to do this fun topic until Saturday because we had to make sure we won because if we (laughs) lost, this would, I would be in a much different place. It would be too soon, but we did win. We're going to the championship, to the NFC championship game. I'm very excited about it. Aaron Rodgers has been in the news a few times this week. Um, First of all, he's going to be hosting Jeopardy which is really the first the the main thing I want to talk about because yeah. I I love Jeopardy. You love Jeopardy. Everybody loves Jeopardy. It's an American yeah. institution. And Alex Trebek's last show was a couple weeks ago, maybe not even maybe a week ago at this point. And so they're doing this guest host thing and Aaron Rodgers uh was on Jeopardy back in 2015 I think it was. And he said that it was one of like the highlight, like he Jeopardy's on every night at the Rogers house at six o'clock. Yep. Yeah. Why aren't you practicing? But hey, it's fine. But <laughs> uh, it's on every night and and he loves it. And so it was such an honor for him to be on it in 2015, according to him. And now they worked it out and he was able to host. I think he jumped the gun on announcing that. I don't think Jeopardy was he ready. Did. <laughs> yeah, he did because he apologized for He's it. He's so excited about it. but <laughs> He uh, was like, my bad. Uh, I, I, uh, what network is Jeopardy on? Jeopardy. ABC, I think. ABC, yeah. I, I think he was like, sorry, ABC. I didn't know if I was <laughs> supposed to say anything, but I'm so excited. And I think my first question is, did they ask him or did he go – Yo, can I like, like, let me do this. Come on. I can do it. Well, I want to know that. I found out about it because my mom was like, Hey, Steven, Aaron Rodgers is going to host Jeopardy. And I was like, when? <laughs> Cause he's a little busy. Like we have a lot going on we, right now. We're currently, we're currently, uh, doing something else. We're one game from the Super Bowl. I really hope he's not doing that right now, <laughs> but no, it's going to be later. It's going to be like in the summer. And, uh, and it's going to be the best we, we did a whole segment on this show in tribute to Alex Trebek, where we featured a NFL section of Jeopardy in which the contestants knew not one answer in the whole category. Alex Trebek was literally shitting on them in front of their faces. (laughs) And he was like, I don't care. I'm getting paid to be here. So, uh, and then there was another Aaron Rodgers thing in the news this week. Um, Gabe. Do you want to take what? this? Do you remember? I actually don't. You don't even remember know. what it was? 
Which one was this oh, again? Oh, the thing that you sent me about uh, him, the lady who had surgery, just woke oh, up yes. asking for so, him. <laughs> there was a, a girl who I believe she either got her wisdom teeth taken out or she had some sort of surgery that when she got out of surgery, she was, you know, loopy off of the meds and whatnot. And while eating a popsicle, basically was like, I want Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I want him here. And I just thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And I don't know, Stephen, I think you should ask her out on a date. <laughs> Honestly, if that girl is out there, listen. This is a match made in heaven at this point. But <laughs> Send us yeah. an email to the hop account, Gable Ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, you take it. But yeah, I, it's, I just thought it was hilarious that this diehard Packers fan was not requesting her mother or her father or a loved one. Yeah. She wanted Aaron Rodgers to be by her hospital bed, grasping her hand like, I got you, girl. We're getting I'm here this, with baby. you. I, I just, it just made me laugh. And I it's sent it so to you because I knew you'd love it. But uh, it really yeah, is Aaron just... Rodgers is, uh, he's been busy. And recently I saw a video of who did they just beat the Rams? Mm-hmm. And the caption basically said, when you know the game is over. And it literally showed, it was a close-up on Aaron Rodgers. He was getting ready to hike the ball. He's looking at the defense. He literally saw the defense, smiled, and went hike, and then, like, probably threw a touchdown at that point. But, like, he knows. He knows. I mean, listen, we got another game to play, and we are not here to count any chickens on anything. We got a no, tough, you are not. We have you got to deal with Tom. Yeah, Brady. we have a tough game coming up, so I don't know. I am very happy with the way the Packers are playing right now. I've been really ecstatic to see Aaron Rodgers have one of the best seasons of his career this year. After everything that we, that was talked about in the off season and all the yeah. crap, like it's just nice to to have this season as long as we have and i here's to just just keeping it going and that's as much as i will say at this time <laughs> very good yes you karma is a real thing yeah. respect i'll you know i told steven because the chargers are just disappointing this year i was going to root for the packers for this postseason we want to see them win and i want to see steven go nuts if they win the Super Bowl, I want to be there for it. Wings and beer in hand. And cheese. So, and cheese. I don't even know what cheese, cheese curds are, but if the Packers are in the Super Bowl, we're going to get our hands on some. <laughs> well, Food Networks definitely has a recipe. They've <laughs> we'll, got to we'll have curds it. I'm, and cheese. I'm going to get you one of those cheese hats for your birthday, and you're going to wear it. I will happily. If we win the Super Bowl, I will happily wear a cheese <laughs> hat throughout an entire episode of The Hop. All right. You heard it here first, folks. That's going to happen. All right, let's get out of here, guys. Thank you for sticking with us for uh, Hermit Thrush. Sour beer lovers, please get out there. Get your hands on some Hermit Thrush beer. It will be worth your while if I can face the can correctly. There you go. Uh, our email is thehopod at gmail.com. If you have beer suggestions or requests, uh, let us know. Hit us up. We are uh, always looking for something new and exciting to feature on the show. Follow us, like us, subscribe to us, send in those rate and reviews on Apple Podcasts. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will be back. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next Thursday. As always, say something nice, treat each other with love and respect, and drink good beer. Cheers. Cheers.